Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. From New York City, the makers of Clipper Craft Clothes for Men and 1036 leading retail stores from coast to coast present the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. This week's story, The Adventure of the Veiled Lodger. Well, here we are again, about to enter Dr. Watson's familiar study, but... Wait, what's this? Boxes and suitcases and trunks. Fishing rods and nets and reels piled up in the hallway. Oh, don't let it upset you, Mr. Harris. It simply means Mrs. Watson and I are about to start off on our summer vacation. Personally, I'd just as soon stay comfortably at home. <laughs> but you know how women are. Have to have an excuse to buy a lot of new summer clothes and... Then they have to go off somewhere to show them off. Oh, yes. Seems to me I've heard you'd bought quite a few new Clippercraft suits and sport jackets yourself, Dr. Watson. Well, you wouldn't want me to embarrass the little woman, would you? Oh, good grief, no. And, and there's uh, one way of making sure the women of the family will be proud of you. Of course, by Clippercraft. All right, you are, Dr. Watson. And now, before you begin the story you promised us, The Adventure of the Veiled Lodger... Which has I'd to like do with to... a very horrible murder that interrupted a fishing trip Holmes and I were enjoying. It was brought to our attention by little Jojo, the clown who traveled with Ronda's circus. It seems that Sahara King, the lion, had got loose. Hey, and, uh... hold on a minute, Dr. Watson. Before we meet these clowns and lions and circus murders, suppose I say a few words on behalf of the generous gentlemen who have footed the bill for this long and delightful series of Sherlock Holmes reminiscences. That is a motion I second with pleasure, Mr. Harris. Very well, then, Doctor. You can buy clothes for almost any price you wish to pay, but it's hard to believe you can buy such really magnificent suits for only forty to forty-seven fifty, tropicals for only thirty-three seventy-five to forty dollars, and sport jackets for only twenty-six fifty. We're speaking of Clipper Craft clothes, of course. The only way you can prove this to yourself is by seeing Clipper Craft for yourself and by comparing them with suits selling for many dollars more. Clippercraft clothes are made according to a plan that makes these out-of-this-world values possible. In the Clippercraft plan, 1,036 of the nation's finest independent stores from coast to coast, stores you can trust, voluntarily concentrate their buying power to provide steady year-round operation, reduce manufacturing and distribution costs. Despite rising manufacturing costs, you'll make a real saving. See your Clippercraft dealer tomorrow. Compare Clipper Craft with clothes selling for many dollars more. And now, Dr. Watson, back to our final story. Well, Mr. Harris, when I was packing my fishing paraphernalia this morning, it uh, put me in mind of the horrible catastrophe that interrupted a certain trip Holmes and I were indulging in. Fishing was one of the few sports, you know, that Holmes enjoyed. Yes, the last character in that tragic episode died just last winter. The poor lady who lived in a lodging house in total seclusion. Going out only at night and then always heavily veiled. Yes, I have finally decided to tell the case of the double tragedy at Abbas Parva. Abbas Parva. That's a curious name, Doctor. Uh, was it in Italy? 
No, Mr. Harris, Abbott's Provident is a small village in Berkshire. Ronda Circus had halted there for the night on its way to Wimbledon. They were simply camping and not exhibiting, as the place is so small it wouldn't have paid them to open. Ronda's Circus. Uh, I don't believe I've heard of it, Doctor. Was it a big one? No, for those days, yes. Ronda was at one time a household word in England and on the continent. I don't believe he ever went to the United States. He was the rival of Wombwell and of Sanger, perhaps the greatest showman of his day. There is evidence, however, that he took to drink and that both he and his show were on the downgrade at the time of the great tragedy. Well, it was spring and the trout season was on. Holmes and I had gone to Berkshire to a place we knew for a bit of fishing. Late one afternoon, we received a message from Ronda's Circus that it was encamped in the neighboring hamlet of Abbas Parva. It seems Jojo wanted to see us. It was a fine evening, so after supper, Holmes suggested we stroll over and have a chat with him. Jojo was an old friend of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Mr. Holmes certainly had a great variety of acquaintances, Doctor. Everything from clowns to cabinet ministers. Yes, <laughs> quite. And I, I rather suspect he preferred the clowns. He always said they were more human. <laughs> well, we found Jojo behind the cook tent smoking his evening pipe. The peculiar, exhilarating smell that a circus carries with it hung heavy in the still air. I know. It's made up of animals and peanuts and sawdust and... Canvas and pink lemonade. Oh, that's as good a description as any, Mr. Harris. Well, everything looked peaceful enough, but there was uh, an undercurrent of excitement about. Somewhere in the distance, a lion roared. What's wrong with that lion, Jojo? He sounds uneasy. Oh, you mean Sahara King? Getting near his feeding time. Sounds vicious, eh, Holmes? That he is, sir. Vicious. Came near to mauling Jeannie when she went into his cage for last night's show. Who is Jeannie? Well, now, don't tell me you don't know Jeannie, Mr. Holmes. I'll bell you, Jeannie. The greatest artist on a slack wire this country ever had. Until she cut a ligament in her right leg one night last year, when a drunken rastabout hadn't put up her equipment proper like. Yes, a fine girl, Jeannie. Born and brought up on the sawdust. And doing spring through a hoop before she was ten. The prettiest youngster you ever did see. Hair like red gold and cheeks <laughs> as pink as roses. Well, she's only 28 now. And an handsome woman still. But uh, she's seen a bit of life, Mr. Holmes, and it's left its mark, I guess. Oh, what happened? Well, when she was going on 18, she married Rhonda. You mean the man who owns this outfit? Yeah, that's him. August H. Ronda. And there ain't a wild animal in any of his cages can touch him for pure downright meanness and cruelty. Well, didn't, uh, didn't the young lady know that when she married him? Oh, she knew it right enough. Ain't anyone in show business to know about Ronda. She married him to save her dad from going to prison. You see, Ronda got him for forging a check. Some say it was a put-up job. And I'm not saying it wasn't lightly. Seeing as Jeannie's father never learned to read or write... Howsoever, Rhonda seemed to think he had a case, so Jeannie married him to keep things hushed up. Yes, sir, that check was for 100 pounds, but I guess Jeannie has had a million pounds worth of suffering since then. Rhonda kept getting worse and worse. First it was drink, then women. And then he took to beating her up. The unmitigated blackguard. Yes. I kind of figure he hated her because he knew he wasn't fit to clean her boots. 
always figuring out new ways to torture her. And when she fell and cut her leg and couldn't walk the wire anymore, he said she had to do something to earn a living. He put her in the cages, doing an act with the big cats. You mean the lions and tigers? Yes, Mr. Holmes. Well, Jeannie's always been afraid of them, ever since she was a baby. Couldn't even stand the sight of a common, ordinary house cat. Some folks are like that, Mr. Holmes. Yes, it's a not uncommon phobia. Yes, sir. And so when Rhonda made Jeannie work with the big cats, it was pure torture to her. And maybe he didn't know that. Yes, sir. He even makes her feed them. Says it's because they'll feel more friendly toward her if she does. But between you and me, it's because they always roar so at feeding time. And that terrifies her. You see? Present medieval gentleman, he should have lived at the time of the Spanish Inquisition. Hmm. Look here, why didn't someone in the circus interfere? Go to the police. Well, we don't dare for fear of losing our jobs. Well, besides, what could we prove? Watson, the circus is a world of its own. And the people in it are born, brought up, and finally die under canvas. They travel here and there, never making any real contact with outside life. If one of the performers had stepped in to protect Mrs. Rhonda, he'd have lost his job and never been able to get into a circus again in all probability. Yes, sir. That's right. As I said, the circus is a world of its own. It has its own loves and hates, its own laws and standards. And Rhonda is its czar, its Caesar, its god. The circus performer, there is no life outside the circus. Take him away from the sawdust and the circus smells, its eternal wanderings, its audiences, its hardships. And he's as lost and out of place as you would be on Mars. Yes, sir. And that's why no one's ever called in the police. First, because we don't dare, and second, because we don't like outsiders poking around our affairs. How it? you're different, Mr. Holmes. You understand us. Besides, you're not a regular blue nose. Yes, that's what he's always saying. Not one of the official police. Yes, sir. And so that's why, Mr. Holmes, I... I thought maybe you'd kind of take a look around. Maybe, well... Maybe you might be in time to prevent something. What do you mean by something, Jojo? First of all, I know, Mr. Holmes, but something's going to happen. It ain't going to be pretty. I got a, a feeling, a kind of warning, and... Oh, I ain't the only one. The rest of them, they got the wind up too. We don't know exactly why. Yes, I noticed that everything was unnaturally quiet as I came past the tents tonight. No singing and shouting, none of the usual couples walking around arm in arm. Everyone seems to be undercover. Yeah, that's what they are, sir. Undercover and listening, waiting for something to happen. Some people say we circus folks are superstitious. You call it what you like. But we always know when something's going to happen... The night before the big blowdown, outside of Dover, when 20 people was killed, there was a feeling like this, all through the camp. The same way when Lillian Deland's trapeze snapped and she broke her neck. Even the animals seemed to feel it. I tell you, Mr. Holmes, something's going to happen. But we don't know what. Perhaps you do. Subconsciously. I'm afraid I, I didn't get that, Mr. Holmes. That's pretty big words, so whatever it was. Subconsciously. All I mean is this, Jojo... We are aware of a lot of things in the back of our minds that, well, that we don't actually think out. The back of our minds notices a lot of little things we don't even remember. And it adds all these little things together and reaches some rather surprising conclusions. Now and then, these conclusions amount to a knowledge of danger. And the subconscious mind tries to flash us a warning and we feel uncomfortable. Because we cannot go back into our unconscious minds and dig out the items that have gone to make up the total. Well, if you can't, you can't, I guess. But sometimes you can, if you have help. 
Now then, Jojo, you say you're worried, and Jeannie Ronda is obviously uppermost in your mind. Yes, sir, I don't feel right about Jeannie. Not since the Hara King tried to maul her last night. Uh, that's a fact. I see. But she doesn't have to go into his cage again until you reach your next stand. Am I right? Well, no. Well, that is, she's supposed to feed him tonight. But I heard her say to Rhonda this afternoon, she wasn't going near the beast again, ever. Hmm. Defiance. Rather unusual after all these years, eh, Jojo? Yes, Mr. Holmes. Uh, oh, it's an hour past Sahara King's feeding time. He, he's getting worse every minute. Jojo, what has happened lately to give Jeannie Rhonda the courage to defy her husband? Well, sir... Well, that is, I... I really don't know by rights. But you suspect something. Well, that is, I... Well, you know, I, I really wouldn't like to say, you see, well, I, I'm fond of Jeannie. Someone has joined the circus lately. Someone who isn't afraid of Rhonda, but who is fond of Jeannie. Am I right? Well, I wouldn't say he's really fond of her. Maybe it's just because if Rhonda dies, the circus belongs to his widow. And anyone can see that Rhonda's liable to have apoplexy any day if he don't give up drinking like a sponge. But, well, bless me. How did you guess, Mr. Holmes? Nothing persuades a woman to defy one man as quickly as the knowledge that there's another man to back her up. And who is this chap who isn't afraid of Ronda? It's Leonardo, the new strong man. He's handsome, all right, strong as an ox, but I don't trust him, Mr. Holmes. He don't look you straight in the eye. Oh, I'm not blaming Jeannie. I guess compared to old Ronda, he looked like the angel Gabriel, and besides, he's the first man that ever did show her any attention. She's... Been pretty lonely sometimes. Do you think Rhonda suspects this uh, attachment? That I don't know, Mr. Holmes. I wish to heaven I did. Seems he came home unexpected last night. As a rule, he sits drinking in some pub or other until closing time. But last night he came home early, and Jeannie wasn't in their wagon. He liked to tore up the place. But whether he found out something, I couldn't say. I wish someone would feed that beast so he'd stop that caterwauling. It gives me goose flesh all up and down my spine. And well, it may. If he ain't fed soon. It won't be safe for anyone to go in his cage. Yes. Come along, Watson. I think the sooner we reach it, the better. Oh, you mean you're going to interview that lamb? What? What do you think it is, Mr. Holmes? What's going to happen? I'm not certain, Jojo. But doesn't it strike you as curious that if Rhonda isn't going to force his wife to feed the beast, he hasn't sent someone else to do it? You think he's just letting her put it off until the beast's in a filthy, dangerous rage? In a killing rage, perhaps. By Jiminy... That'd be just like him. To make her go in there. And not a chance of Exactly. It. And no one could ever prove he meant to kill her. Oh, we must be almost there. That beast sounds unpleasantly close. Just around this tent, sir. Holmes, why are you cocking a revolver? You don't oh, actually think... Listen, no, someone on the other side of the tent talking. Oh, yes, you will. Think you're going to find me, my girl? I'll show you. But I'm afraid. Oh, Augustus, please, just this one. It's them, Rhonda and Jeannie. Open that cage and get in there. I'll flog the skin off your back. I'll show you who's your master. Thought I didn't know you were sneaking out, knights. Unlock that cage! Oh, hurry, women, stop her. She can't go in there. Help! Help! Sahara's loose! There they are. Sahara's out of the cage. Shut her down. In her face. Stand back, Watson. I'm going to shoot. You, you got him. You got him. Jeannie. Jeannie. Are you hurt? Her face. Oh, it's torn to pieces. She, she's covered with blood. Oh, Jeannie. Oh, Jeannie. Easy Jeannie. there, Jojo. Easy. Watson. 
she dying? Oh. No, I, I think we can save her, but she'll be horribly disfigured. Oh. And this man over here, I take it this is Rhonda. Yes, Mr. Holmes. Sahara must have got him, too. He's gone, I'm afraid. Back of the skull completely crushed. Good Lord, that animal must have had a paw like a sledgehammer. Look how the claws tore the scalp. Hmm. I wonder. Well, I must say, I don't see anything to wonder about, Holmes. Oh. The lion escaped from the cage and went for both of them. Yes, but why not the other man as well? What other man? The one who screamed and ran away. Oh, coward. He could have saved me. Coward. The makers of Clippercraft clothes are thinking not only of the suit you'll buy tomorrow, but of the suit you'll buy next year and in the years to come. That's why you can always depend on the Clippercraft label. Why Clippercraft makes a business of bringing you one of the greatest values in America. Behind that smart-looking Clippercraft suit is the amazing Clippercraft plan, responsible for Clippercraft's unique values. You get the benefit of tremendous savings through the Clippercraft plan, whereby 1036 of the nation's finest independent local stores from coast to coast voluntarily concentrate their buying power. Because of this plan, your fine new Clippercraft suit costs only forty to forty-seven fifty. Your tropical only thirty-three seventy-five to forty dollars, and your sport jacket only twenty-six fifty. For selling expensive clothes at inexpensive low prices at the nation's finest stores is the great big idea behind the Clippercraft plan. That's why men who know insist on Clippercraft clothes. Be sure to visit the Clippercraft store in your city. These leading stores in the metropolitan area are proud to add their names to Clippercraft in your suits, sport jackets, and tropicals. In Manhattan, John Wanamaker Men's Stores, Broadway at 8th and 67 Liberty Street. Saks 34th, Broadway at 34th. In Brooklyn, Abraham and Strauss. In Newark, New Jersey, Boulevard Men's Shop, Kresge, Newark. And in Jamaica, the B&B Clothes Shop, 16408 Jamaica Avenue. Now, back to Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. We find Holmes smoking his pipe deep in contemplation as he waits for Dr. Watson to finish caring for Mrs. Ronder. The night is black and breathless. Even the animals are hushed. A heavy-footed figure approaches. Well, Watson? She'll live, but she won't enjoy it, I'm afraid. Hmm. Horribly disfigured, eh? Look here, Holmes, it's getting late. Let's be getting on home. There's nothing more we can do here. After all, you can't arrest a lion for murder, you know. If it was a lion, Watson. Oh, what do you mean, if it was a lion? We saw him, didn't we, tearing at that poor woman's face. I'm not thinking about the woman, Watson, but her husband. He was lying fully ten paces from the cage. I doubt if the lion ever got that far. Oh, rubbish, Holmes. You're trying to build bricks without straw. This isn't a case for the police. Perhaps not. It may very well be a case for Sherlock Holmes. Oh, that's conceit, pure and simple. Come along, Holmes. I'm nearly dead for sleep. So you don't think it's a case, Watson? No, I don't. Hmm. Then would you mind telling me what, to your way of thinking, did happen? Well, that is, it was it's all rather obvious. Jeannie Ronder opened the cage, the enraged lion jumped past her, 
killed her husband with a blow and then returned to finish her off. It was the back of Rhonda's skull that was crushed, remember? Well, naturally, he turned and ran when he saw the beast coming for him. And the man's voice, the man we heard shouting for help? Oh, Holmes, don't be pig-headed. Of course Rhonda called for help when he saw the lion was out of control. You mean to tell me a man can still cry out with the back of his head battered in? Well, no, that is... And we could still hear his voice after his wife's cries had been stilled? Well, of course... Furthermore, Rhonda's body was lying with the head pointing towards the cage, not away from it, as would have been the case if he'd been running away and attacked from the rear. No, Watson, Rhonda was facing the cage when he was struck down. Struck down by the man who called for help but ran away when the lion, infuriated by a smell of human blood, turned on Mrs. Rhonda. Yes, but... uh, That's why she kept saying, coward, he could have saved me. That man could have driven off the lion with a weapon used to kill Rhonda if he hadn't lost his nerve. Yes, but look here, Holmes. Rhonda was killed by the lion. He must have been. The marks of his claws were left on the skull. You saw that yourself. Mr. Holmes. Mr. Holmes. Oh, there you are, Jojo. What does she say? Did she see who killed her husband? She won't talk, Mr. Holmes. I can't get a word out of her. But I I think she knows right enough. Oh, it's terrible. She just lies there, moaning and... Crying for Leonardo. Hmm. And where is that gentleman? I tried to find him for her, but they tell me he went off to town soon after supper. What? Well, yet yeah, there he is now, coming up the road from Abbey's Parva. Yeah, I must run and tell him what's happened. Jeannie wants to see him. He's the only one who can comfort her. Oh, that should be an interesting interview, Watson. Suppose he wandered over to Mrs. Ronda's wagon. I believe it has a convenient window. You, you mean you're going to eavesdrop? That is my intention. Holmes, have you no moral scruples? None whatever, my dear Watson. None whatever. Here, Watson. Get down behind these bushes, out of the light of that window. Yes, but I I shan't be able to see anything. Have you no moral scruples, Watson? Oh, we don't have to see. All we have to do is hear. Quiet. Here come Leonardo and Jojo. Hello, Jeannie. Leo. Leo, why did you do it? You promised Shut me. Shut up, will you? Jojo's here. Oh, I, I, I didn't know. I, I can't see with these bandages. Yeah. Just told me what happened. Met me on the road coming back from Arbus Father. I'm sorry, Jeannie. He got pretty badly more. Yes, I, I... But that doesn't matter. Oh, Leo, we won't have to run away now. Rhonda, he, he's gone. We can get married, decent-like. Married? What makes you think I'm going to marry you? But Leo, you promised. You think I want to be tied up for life to a woman with only half a face left? You might as well expect me to marry one of the freaks. Leo. <laughs> Leo, don't laugh. It's your fault that Sahara mauled me. You could have driven him off with the club you used to... Shut up, you fool. Shut up. Don't you do it. Don't you touch her, Leo. I'll warn you. Well, listen to who's talking. Jojo, get out of here before I cripple you so you can't walk. Now get out, do you hear? Leo, don't hurt him. Jojo, please go. You can't do any good. We we get on better if we're alone. Please, Jojo. All right, Jeannie. But just you let me know if you don't treat your right. Go on, get out before I kick you. I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> you ought to see him run. Nasty brute. I'd like to quiet, Watson. Quiet. Leo, you didn't mean what you just said. Oh, didn't I? I'm pulling out of here tomorrow. But, but Leo, the, the circus, it's mine now. You can have it if we're married. You've always wanted to run a circus. No, sir, I'm sensitive, I am. I never could stand looking at an ugly woman. Why, I'd as soon as marry a gargoyle as a woman without a face. But Leo, I can wear a mask. No, it's no good. I'm pulling out of here tomorrow. No, you're not. Well, who's going to stop me? I will. I'll go to the police. 
I'll tell them that you killed Rhonda. They'll arrest you. And what about you? Your hands aren't any too clean, remember? But, but I didn't kill him. I didn't know you were going to. All I wanted you to do was keep him from sending me into that cage. And who's going to believe that? We're in this together. You can't hand me over without putting a rope around your own neck. But I didn't do it. I didn't. I never wanted him killed. You can't do that to ah, me. Shut up. You're hysterical. You can't leave me like this, Leo. Now let go of me and stop screaming. You want everybody in camp to hear? I can't. I don't care. I won't let you go. <laughs> That's good, that is. Won't let me go. How are you going to stop me? And another thing. I never did love you. Oh. Now, do you get that? Never. All the time I was after the circus. But now I don't want it. Not if I've got to have you along with us. I'll kill you, Leo. I'll kill you for this. Go ahead. You haven't got the nerve. Well, I'm going. Leo. Leo. Holmes, you're not going to let him go like that. He's guilty. Cut him. Cut him. Holmes, she shot him. Quick, Watson, we've got to see him. Perhaps he's not dead yet. I wish we'd stayed home tonight. Here he is, Watson. Help me turn him over. Right, Hope. Yes, he's dead right enough. Hit between the eyes. Nice shot. So she did have the nerve after all. No, Watson. Jeannie Ronda did not shoot Leonardo. Yeah, but Holmes, look here. She put Her eyes were bandaged. Come along, Watson. We're going home. I think I could use a bit of sleep myself. But I say, Holmes, look here, aren't you going to stay around and find out who shot him? I don't think I want to know, Watson. We solved the first murder. That's enough for one evening. Besides, did I ever tell you that Jojo's father was famous for his tricks with a rifle? Yes, I believe his sons weren't half bad, either. <laughs> Dr. Watson, didn't the police ever discover who killed Leonardo? No, Mr. Harris, they didn't. His body was discovered on the road to Abbas Parva. I dare say some of the circus people suspected the uh, culprit, but circus people are notoriously close-mouthed. Well, Doctor, there's one more point I don't quite understand. How did the marks of the lion's claws happen to be found on Ronder's skull if Leonardo killed him? Well, it was really rather simple, Mr. Harris. Holmes eventually found a club with five spikes in it at the bottom of the scum-covered pool in the neighborhood. I don't believe he ever mentioned the fact to anyone, however. Well, that was certainly a very powerful story, Dr. Watson. In fact, Doctor, I'd say it was one of the best stories you've ever told. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Harris. I, I like to finish on a high point, don't you know? But uh, you're not going to go away and leave us for good, are you? You, uh, you really want me to come back in the fall? You know we do, Dr. Watson. Why, the week would be kind of empty without a Sherlock Holmes adventure to look forward to. Well, in that case, I think it could be arranged. <laughs> All I wanted was a little coaxing, you know. <laughs> well, then consider yourself coaxed, Dr. Watson. Thank you, Mr. Harris. And a most heartfelt thank you to all our radio friends have, who have so patiently listened to the reminiscences of a venerable medico who was fortunate enough to become the biographer of Sherlock Holmes. And last... But by no means least, thanks to our generous sponsors who have made these half hours possible. You know, Dr. Watson, I sometimes suspect they are Sherlock Holmes fans, too. I hope so, Mr. Harris. I certainly hope so. 
And now a pleasant vacation to you and all our friends. The same to you, Dr. Watson, and uh, have fun in your new Clippercraft wardrobe. The makers of Clippercraft clothes and 1036 leading stores from coast to coast have brought you another in the new series of broadcasts featuring the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Our stories are based upon the character Sherlock Holmes, created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Sherlock Holmes is played by John Stanley, Dr. Watson by Alfred Shirley, and the dramatizations are by Edith Miser. Sherlock Holmes is produced and directed by Basil Lochran, with special music by Albert Berman. John Stanley, known best to you as Sherlock Holmes, has turned author. Be sure to read his article, Powder Smoke, at 221B Baker Street, in the current issue of Black Mask magazine, now on your newsstand. If you don't know your Clippercraft dealer, write Clippercraft, 200 Fifth Avenue, New York City. Well, cheerio, Sherlock Holmes, Dr. Watson, and members of the Clippercraft radio audience, until the fall. Best wishes for a most pleasant summer from the makers of Clipper Craft Clothes for Men and 1036 leading stores from coast to coast. Remember, we'll be on the air again next fall when Clipper Craft will again bring you the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Cy Harris speaking for Clippercraft Clothes. This is a mutual broadcasting system. Following station identification, you'll hear Melvin Elliott reporting the latest headline news.